Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My name is Ron Hamland, and I'd like to welcome you here. Thank you so much for coming. What I have done is create one of the most amazing spectacles the world has ever seen. Imagine if through science and nebulous DNA befuddlery, we were able to bring dinosaurs extinct for hundreds of millions of years out of history and into the present. Imagine a place where you can walk amongst these ancient living fossils and gaze at wonder on their splendor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silurian Park. Amazing. You mean to tell me you have made actual living dinosaurs from from fossils? Indeed we have, Dr. Plant. What you have only studied in fossils, Doctor, I have brought to life. I, I'm speechless. I I can't wait to see them. Are they are they across this lake? Do we do we get to fly in a helicopter to to get to them because they're so isolated? Oh <laughs> no, no, no. I've I've spared some expense. This is it. Silurian Park is a broad, shallow ocean environment. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you mean to tell me your, uh, dinosaur park has no, uh, dinosaurs? Dinosaurs? Oh, on the contrary, Dr. Talcum. You'll find Silurian Park brimming with the biodiversity of the Silurian era. Trilobites, algae, bryozoans, around every corner. And if we're lucky, crinoids and brachiopods. Oh, I, I think I see one right there. Uh, no, no, doc, Dr. Tatler, that, that's a rock. I mean, it's quite tricky oh, sometimes. Oh, 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 I see. Just, uh, just keep looking. Okay. Mr. Hamlin, uh, how did you get funding for something like this? Well, well, as I said, we spared some expense. Um... And as, as I'm sure Dr. Talcum knows, life f- f- finds a way. You uh, uh, stood on the uh, shoulders of venture capitalists, and you were so busy trying to see if you could get money, you, you never stopped and asked yourself, who the hell wants to see this? <laughs> but we are surrounded by the majesty of the Silurian era. Why, look right there. Oh, a spiny truck. Nope, nope. That is a that's a rock. Okay, they are tricky. They are very tricky. Most of them they only come out at night. Is the park going to be open twenty four seven? No. Oh goodness, no, no, no. As I said, we've spared most expenses. How are you able to 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 achieve this monumental breakthrough? How, how did you bring these creatures back to life? Are you going to show us with a a, a digital copy of yourself? Maybe maybe some animation? No, no, no. I'll, I'll just tell you, again, with spared most expense. We employed the wor- some of the world's top geneticists and worked closely with 17 of the world's top paleontological universities. We painstakingly extracted samples from each and every fossil that was brought in, some even encased in amber. And finally, we were able to collect just enough. After spending untold billions, we were able to extract just enough DNA to scientifically recreate each and every magnificent creature you see before you. 
I still haven't seen anything. Yeah, as I said, mostly they come out at night, so just be patient. Oh, is that a trilobite? Uh, well, maybe. I I mean, I'm not going to reach in there and find out, but let's say yes. What, uh, what, what uh, uh, happens when these things inevitably uh, break out, get, get, get loose? Oh, look, uh, right behind you, there's a, a little dustpan. You just kind of scoot them right in there and put them right back in the tank. Happens all the time. So do you mean to tell me that this, this wouldn't work for maybe a Tyrannosaurus, a Stegosaurus, something like that, something interesting? Uh, I, I mean, there's no reason it wouldn't. I, I suppose if you wanted to put that amount of time and effort into bringing gigantic lizards from the ancient era back to life... I guess, I guess we could have uh, a gigantic park named after some other era, uh, and maybe you could uh, sell tickets to people wanting to see, uh, I don't know, a pack of velociraptors bring down a wildebeest? I... <laughs> Good luck with that park. As, as dangerous as that sounds, it, it, it also sounds amazing, right? I'd look yeah. at that. I think so. Oh, are you suggesting that perhaps we create some gigantic pool that houses an enormous pliosaurus that's somehow a mix between an ancient killing machine with the 30-foot head of a crocodile and it would leap out and snatch a great white shark off a hook in front of row upon row of fascinated adults and children and the ensuing splash coating them as they watch through a gigantic piece of plexiglass as it devours what we currently thought to be the world world's apex predator <laughs> yawn i uh uh I, I guess it's it's more uh interesting to uh watch life uh finding a way indeed it is why even now tiny protocoral polyps are forming throughout the lagoon imagine Bringing your grandchildren to Silurian Park and being able to tell them this coral was half this big when I was your age. Well, I think we've seen enough, Mr. Hamlin. After some consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. Now, do do you have some sort of self-driving Ford Explorer that can take me and and Dr. Tadler back to the highway? It is very disappointing, Dr. Plant, but of course I can order you an Uber. I mean, we'll... We'll have to split the tab, I, of course. I, we spared most expense. Unlike Dr. Hamlin, we have spared no expense to bring you blurry photos! (laughs) (laughs) I am the chaostetician David Flora. And I'm the lawyer hiding in a porta john Dave Stecco. (laughs) Oh, that was a scene for the kids. That's right. It's funny because he was on a toilet and then he died. (laughs) He was on a toilet and then he wasn't. (laughs) Forevermore. Well, everybody, I'm telling you right now, you better hold on to your butts. Yeah! Get them butts locked down. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna be a good episode. Good eating. Real good eating. Man, we have got got a pretty great uh, Dinotacular episode for you. But you know what we like to do more than the episode? Delay the episode. (laughs) 
Well, but no, for good, th- for very good reasons. Yeah, for fucking great reasons, actually. So, so just uh, lock it in. Yeah, we we have an, a pretty exciting announcement. I think you guys are going to like it. I hope you I hope you do. It's something that that benefits all of us. I, I think. Yeah, we uh, through one of our glorious Blurievers have teamed up with Obaku Denmark, which is a maker of fine quality wristwatches for men and women. That's uh, they get that for free. That's a free jingle. You you can just have that. <laughs> fine quality <laughs> also, wristwatches. Also, for it's nineteen seventy seven. Bring your El Camino in, and we'll get you a free discount. <laughs> That's right. No, uh, this is this is amazing. Uh, we actually, Dave and I, have two watches from Obaku. We we each have one. And they are amazing. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I've I've gotten a lot of compliments on mine since I started. Yeah, wearing I have it. too. And what's funny is I got a I got a very kickass silver watch, and it has a little blue plate face plate in there that's just beautiful. I put it on, and it went. It immediately just went with the outfit I was wearing. Your eyes <laughs> and, and popped. My eyes pop, and I and I'm I'm literally not just saying that. I showed Dave, like I pointed it out to him when I got it. I was like, <laughs> look at this. Uh, and my watch tells not only the time, duh, it also tells the date and day. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that's fun. I got one with a dark gray face and a titanium band. It was real, real slick. Yeah. It makes me look like a tough guy from the future. Mine's, mine's a steel mesh band. Yeah. Pretty, I think I think we have the same band. I think they're just made of different things because I think that's you true. and I got the same band at least. Uh, but that that's just that's just what we did. What that's you do? What, yeah, that's what we have. Yeah. Uh, how about this? You can get thirty percent off of an Obaku watch through May fourteenth. Uh, just use the code Blurry S six. That's for our sixth season, which I yeah. thought was pretty cool of them. So anyway, they're they're really really great watches. Uh, I'm really glad that I have it. I've been wearing it for about two weeks now. Uh, but what's mat what matters is go check them out. It's uh, Obaku.com. O b a k u dot com. Uh, and they are awesome. They've got a thousand watches there, not literally. They, no, there are a ton of designs, and I just yeah. it was very hard to to look through and say, oh yeah, this is the watch I want to wear because I want to wear them all, <laughs> right? And 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 I I don't want you guys to feel like we're just going to sit here and do an ad for the next ten minutes, but uh, this is something that was put together by a Blariever, a longtime fan of the podcast, and yeah. uh, it was just super cool of her. And it was uh, really cool of Obaku too to be it's like, "Hey, incredibly cool of them." Yeah. So, uh, like so I said, thirty percent off, a third off of a watch through May fourteenth. I mean, hey, Father's Day. You know, you could just be sitting on it. Just have that done months in advance. That's Mother's true. Day. Mother's Day's coming up even sooner. Mother's yeah. got to know what time it is. The cool thing about these watches too is they're not incredibly expensive uh, watches. They look it right. They are awesomely affordable. I could see myself just going on there and finding one even without a great code like we're giving you. I can see you doing that too. Don't, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop seeing it. Stop, stop seeing, seeing it. it. <laughs> yeah, but 30% off. Obaku.com. Use the code BLURRYS6. Go check them out. Get a watch, man. That's, treat yourself. Treat yourself, sucker. They're awesome. Thank you, Obaku. Yeah. Also want to throw out there uh, a huge thanks to Blurriever Alley of Paranormal on Etsy. That's P-A-R-A-K-N-O-R-M-A-L. Paranormal. Yeah, she's got an Etsy site and sent us the most kick-ass toboggans. Or toques. Yes, it's not a toque. 
because it doesn't have ear flaps. But I also, I wear mine as much as I can because Kim keeps stealing mine. (laughs) Yeah. It's creating a problem in the household. I think we helped inspire her to create a Sandhill Crane uh, (laughs) slash Mothman hat, which which you got. I got a kick-ass Slenderman hat. Other options include the Hail Satan hat, a Sasquatch (laughs) Skull and Bones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ouija, oh. Ouija board. Yeah. <laughs> These are badass. Uh, they are super warm. Uh, I, yeah. I, I wear mine as much as I can pry it out of the hands of, of my beloved. Yeah. So so go check out Allie's shop, Paranormal on Etsy. And thank you, Allie, for sending those hats there. Yeah. They're pretty kick-ass. I'm, I should put a picture of us in the hats. I've got one. Yep. I'll put that Do up. It. And I, I should put a picture of us with the watches, too, because... Like a wonder twin great. powers, yeah, kind of thing. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's uh, we just wanted to get that stuff uh, yeah. recognized because it was Big super nice of Blurivas to set those things up, and uh, and they're trying to trying to roll that forward to the rest of y'all's. That's right. Uh, now, Flora, now me commence with the podcast and all. <laughs> all right, I'll I'll do. That. Uh, oh, oh, okay. All, all right. right. Uh, un- unnecessary to call me names, guys. Uh, I. You know, I've got feelings. What are we talking about, Flora? This episode, we got a fun one. We're going to be talking about living dinosaurs. Living in a dinosaur world. Open the door. Get on the floor. Everybody listens to dinosaurs. <laughs> Everybody's living dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is a fun one. I keep saying that. Jesus, shut up and just talk about it, dipshit. <laughs> As you know, Dave, the Earth, you know, the giant globe we're all living on is huge compared to us. So huge. And for as long as we've been on it, we haven't explored everything. Some estimates put the amount of explored dry land at around 93%, meaning there's something like 7% that we haven't explored. Right? That's land. And then there's oceans. Of which we may have explored less than 5%. And just like the basement before you turn the lights on, anything could be in those unexplored wild lands. And anything is. And that includes witches. Yeah. Or uh, uh, angry clowns, monsters. Happy clowns. Uncle Leroy. <laughs> Any, anything like dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, most of them died off in a huge extinction event 66 million years ago. Most of them, Dave. Mostly. But what if a small group or species survived the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event and just happened to be flourishing in the parts of the globe we just can't get to? Well, such is the claim for living dinosaurs. Yeah, living dinosaurs, mother lickers. You want to ride a dino? It's not too late, according to these people. <laughs> Firstly, and this this is a common touchstone of young earth creationism, in that man and dinosaur live side by side, and that any report of a living dino must be jumped on and proved, because it will prove the theories of creationism. So, Yep. We didn't we didn't ask for a lot of creationism, but we sure as shit got it. Yeah. And I, I, I forgot this, but yeah, when you talk about living dinosaurs, you're going to get a lot of creationism. So just, just know that. Know that right now that this is part of, that's an ingredient in this cake. 
Yeah, and I and I want you to know right now that no, no, no man and dinosaur did not live side by side six to ten thousand years ago, and no, the devil did not put fossils on Earth to test faith, nor are dinosaur bones actually the bones of everyone who didn't survive the flood from the Bible story. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, that's a that's a real like deep. Uh, deep prank on the part of El Diablo <laughs> to to sow the world with fossils just to throw us off. It's such a heart drain to know that that there are people out there who are just so adamant about. And and, and it's not even just this. If you want to think that you know that's that's fine, I encourage you to find proof of that. But it's because. These people also bundle in all types of other stuff. By that, I mean they're info warriors, they're flat earthers. You get put in a box. You literally <laughs> put yourself in a box at that point. Anyway. But, but you know who else is in that box with you? Shaq. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's taking up most of the room in there. It's <laughs> yeah, just not a lot that, of room for Flora. There's not much more that can make you feel so helpless and empty inside than, than this sort of stuff. Anyways, we can find several accounts of living dinosaurs in many cultures throughout the years. And uh, Dave and I will uh, take a look at reports of dinosaurs and dino-like creatures from just about every continent. Yep. We'll go through an extensive list of dinos, and then we'll circle back, talk about some facts, and, heaven forbid, science that goes along with these claims. No, not today, Johnny. Not on my watch. (laughs) Quick note. We're, we're going to be staying away from lake monsters and plesiosaurs because I feel like that is a, a whole episode in itself. There's yeah, so many. and that's, uh, which we'll, we'll have to, was it, was it you or Mark that went to the lake monsters uh, Mark discussion? Did. Mark, river, yeah, we'll yeah have, lake and river monsters. We'll have to have, get Mark in because now he's our resident expert on lake and river monsters. <laughs> but yeah, there is a, uh, it, it's so delightful when we pick a subject and then find it to be so big that it can be more than one episode. So just yeah we're we're not gonna need tree fitty this time but don't worry that day's coming yeah you better save up though i with flora real bad when we were doing our research with this he sent me this this text he's like hey uh i'm just getting so much stuff with lake and river monsters and and loch ness like i i think we should separate that into a different podcast and just kind of focus on the terrestrial stuff and and i was like wait what but I already did all the research. I mean, if you want to separate them, that's fine. But I'm going to need uh, about tree fitty. <laughs> <laughs> he got me. He got me. <laughs> Getcha. All right, let's start. Let's start in North America. See, all the way at the top. Let's go to Canada with the Partridge Creek Beast. The tale of this dino of the Arctic Circle appeared first in a French journal called Je sais tout, which is, I think that means I know everything. Yeah, I know I, all. I think, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, in 1908. <laughs> that's a pretty ballsy name for a magazine. <laughs> um, and this is, a, uh, it was a firsthand account of a 1903 expedition by Georges Dupy. Um, whilst moose hunting in the Yukon Territory, a couple prospectors watched a group of moose scatter uncharacteristically. Because, you know, moose are humongous. They right. They don't scatter that easily. <laughs> right. 
So they followed the tracks and found in the snow an impression of a monstrous beast. An imprint 30 feet long, 12 feet wide, and 2 feet deep was flanked by gigantic footprints measuring 2.5 feet across and 5 feet in length, each also yielding impressions of sharp, 1-foot-long claws. They also saw the imprint of a 10-foot-long tail spanning 16 inches across its widest point. Now, they followed these tracks to Partridge Creek, at which point the tracks seemed to disappear onto the rocky cliffside. The men made their way to a Native American village and met up with Dupee and a priest, and they searched again for the creature with no luck. So that night, they camped atop a ravine, and out of nowhere came a terrifying roar. The beast was scrambling up the ravine slope. Dupee estimated it to be 50 feet long and 40 tons in weight. Its hide could be seen to bear many coarse gray-black bristles like those of a wild boar uh, with a rhino-like horn near the end of its snout. Apparently, it, it didn't notice them, and it just kept going past the terrified crew. And the priest that was with them said, A ceratosaurus. It's a ceratosaurus of the Arctic Circle, which was a Jurassic precursor to the Cretaceous T-Rex. They didn't follow it, but later Dupee apparently tried to persuade the governor to send a small army after it to no avail. The priest was said to have seen it once more in 1907, but those are the only accounts of it. Why would a priest know what a ceratosaurus is? Right. And I'm not even going to touch what a dinosaur would be doing in the Arctic. Right. Yeah, that there's a fundamental misunderstanding of their... We'll leave yeah. that to the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep on trucking. Uh, you know, and that truck's going to take us to Lone Pine Mountain. Toot, toot. Home of the Lone Pine Mountain devil. Uh-oh. We don't know how old it is, so right now it's just a devil. <laughs> Some sources say this creature is of Native American folklore, but it seems that it started more so with the 49ers who would move to California and see carcasses of unlucky prospectors all mangled and f***ed. Uh, there's a popular story about a Spanish priest who traveled with some, uh, with some settlers and was found weeks later with no supplies and near death. His journal said he had been attacked by, quote, beast damned by the good Lord. One night while camping, he witnessed, quote, winged demons attack the settlers. His journal said, my God, my God, they are oh, all he's gone. Spanish. Oh, he's Spanish. Oh, okay. All right. My God, my God, they are all gone. They're winged demons. They have reason. What sin have they committed against each other and thy sacred earth? May the forgiving Lord not abandon their souls, which were taken from them into the depths of hell. And through the earthly fires of man, a soul tree remained on the mountain's peak. And the devils that spared me returned to their refuge of the lone pine of the montaña. Uh, it has variously been described as a large, fur furry, multi-winged creature with razor-like talons and multiple layers of deadly, venomous fangs. And is sometimes thought to be a relative of the Jersey Devil. Uh, drawings of the creature make it resemble a velociraptor-type beast. I think that it's a flying graboid. Oh, no. Oids. Was that like the third or fifth one? 
Yeah, I, I I saw just a little bit of it on on cable a while back. I think it's like the eighth one. I mean, multiple layers of of fangs, but also they're venomous. Yeah, don't forget. And I saw that I saw the baby, a lone pine mountain devil. Yeah, I mean, find like that tree. Devils, find that tree. We'll make our way across here to talk about the Van Meter Visitor. Dateline, Van Meter, Iowa, October 1903. A bizarre creature terrorizes the town's residents over the course of several nights. Described as half-animal, half-human, bat-winged creature with a terrible stench, the visitor also purportedly fired beams of bright light from its forehead. Several locals shot it with no effect, and a mob formed, chasing it down into a coal mine where they saw a second creature, and both disappeared into the mine, never to be seen again. Dave, you seen anything like this yet? Uh, I'm keep looking, and uh, let's see how far I am from Van Meter. Hold on. Let's see. It's yeah. It's it's west of Des Moines. Damn. It's <laughs> that very west. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I'll have to go check it out and see if I can. And find my find a laser laser eyed murder beast. Yeah, this is like a a, a Godzilla bow, right? Uh, just just for the purposes of anyone playing uh, blurry photos, bingo. Flora, can we get a? Uh... <laughs> yeah, that I mean that thing is not fucking around though. Half animal, half human, bat wings, stinkies all hell, and with laser eyes. It's like. It sounds all, like Batsquatch. It's it's like all of the X Men rolled into one. <laughs> it's true. Wasn't there an X Men named the Stench? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'll I'll eat outside of the dining hall. Oh. <laughs> it was when one of the mystery men uh, wandered That's into the X Men. Right. The spleen. <laughs> excuse, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, how about this? Uh, uh, how about the Georgia Raptor? Tell me about that Georgia Raptor. Well, I'm going to spin your tail. Seems here in the United States, literally the only thing that we could find was a same photograph over and over of a troodon that's said to have been sighted in the land of peaches and... Peanuts. In, <laughs> peaches and endemic racism, Georgia. Oh, on July 25th, 2008, oh, that's a recent one, an 18-year-old man and his grandfather were hunting deer at night in Georgia when they saw an animal which they described as closely resembling a raptor. Now, uh, he means a velociraptor, not a not a uh, carnivorous bird. Uh, it has been suggested that it might have actually been a troodon. Now, I'm going to have to look it up. I dare you to find a newspaper article this came from. It's a feathery raptor-esque bird critter. So they just said they saw it? it just... Look, man. <laughs> hey, hey, don't <laughs> bust my balls, okay? I, Everything I am not the that's cook. out there about I do this. not make the entree. I just bring the groceries, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find a source... They couldn't find an origin. It's just like a bunch of sites that are that are doing the same the same paragraph over and over. Oh, yeah, I love it when we run into that. Yeah. So I know we got Georgia listeners, and uh, and you all are always on our minds. 
if any, if anybody heard of this thing or uh, a story came out, uh, let us know. Let us know if you or if you've seen it. Uh, yeah, if, if you guys have I mean, write write something and put it on the internet so we have more things to find. Uh, let's let's take a trip from Georgia down to South America. Sweet. Yeah, F- Flora, what do they got there? Well, we got, uh, first of all, going to head over to Chile for the Erica monster. <laughs> Hi, my name is Erica, and um, a lot of people call me a monster, and that really hurts my feelings. Having said that, I'm going to pluck the bones out of you and just eat those. <laughs> first spotted in the Atacama Desert in Chile, 1980. It's described as a six-foot-tall, kangaroo-like, sharp-toothed bipedal creature. In 2004, several members of the Abet de la Torre Diaz family described a confrontation with four, quote, dog-faced kangaroo-like creatures that surrounded their car as they journeyed home to Erika. Was it Arika? It, maybe I it's don't Arika? I don't know. I don't, I don't either. I was just putting that out there to cover us later. Oh, uh, yeah. Could, could be Arika. There, there wasn't an accent anywhere yeah. to be found, so could have gotten lost. I don't know. Uh, a composite of descriptions came out to resemble a raptor. Yep, but, that'll uh, get you. No, no photos. How, how about uh, how about in 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 Manaus? Uh, five pterosaur type creatures were reported nearing uh, were reported near Manaus, Brazil, in 1947. Um, probably uh, just to distract people from the boatloads of of ex Nazis <laughs> arriving daily. Yeah. Uh, described as having flat heads, long beaks, long necks, and flying in a V, their wings resembled brown leather and were 12 feet wide. That's pretty pterodactylish. Pterosaur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're on a hot jet here. You know what? Really, we're just on a, on a flyby of these places. We're just looking down as we pass over them. And, uh, and we're going to detour here and go all the way to Australia. Now, yeah. Have you noticed how many requests we get to not do an Australian accent? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Never going to stop. You can <laughs> beg for it. You know what? Well, here's uh, the thing. It only feeds us. Yeah. Uh, how about makes this? want to do it more. Patreon, if someone is giving us $1,000 a month, uh, it's an individual donor, not overall. If one person pledges $1,000 a month. No more Australian accents. <laughs> However, if then another person pledges another $1,000, that turns them back on. <laughs> so you can get into a $1,000 pledge war. And I don't know who the winner that would be. I just don't know. <laughs> Hint, it's me and Flora. This one, this one's called the Barunger. Oh, hi. I'm the Barunger. Aboriginal peoples have tales of the Barunger, a huge nocturnal reptilian creature that has devoured cattle, camels, and kangaroos. They have camels in Australia? Yeah, I guess so. I guess they used to. Yeah, not anymore. Not after the Barunger. Ancient Aboriginal artwork displays a three-toed bipedal form with small front legs and a huge mouth. In the state of Victoria, indigenous peoples called this same ferocious theropod the Muramuri. Sightings of it are numerous across the outback, and it's described as being 25 feet long with small clawed hands and, again, standing on two legs. 
mm-hmm. a team from Sci-Fi's Destination Truth searched for the creature in 2015. Did they find it? Nope. Oh. Shock of shocks. Empty-handed. Some locals say that monitor lizards can grow up to 10 feet in length and rear up on their hind legs, and there have been some plaster casts made of giant three-toed footprints, but no definitive evidence has been found. Is there some type of small T-Rex type thing? I hope so. Eating up creatures in the outback. Uh, one can, uh, one can pray to sweet Australian Jesus, <laughs> to shirtless, rugby shorts wearing Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be the best. Yeah, feed the masses fishes and beer. Right. All right. Let's 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 move. Uh, let's let's leave Straya and go to Papua New Guinea. Let's do it. How about the Ropen? We've talked about this guy before. Yes. Uh, it's a glowing pterosaur, infamous in the region. Um, yeah, this is a guy that we have discussed on our Thunderbirds episode. I had to throw that in there, but if if you want some more details, go back to the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Not do doing it. it again. <laughs> right. You get one shot. How about the Kaiaimunu, uh, which is sighted in the jungles of New Guinea. The Kaiaimunu is described as having a long neck, but standing on two legs with long front claws. It has been compared to the Therizinosaurus, which were like the Gallimimus plus Freddy Krueger or Wolverine, however you like it. Sure, sure. Oh, Master, what I do? (laughs) Pictures of... Therizinosaurus or ther- Therizinosaurus or I don't know Charlie's Therizinosaurus right. <laughs> yeah. uh, make it make it seem pretty terrifying. I mean, it's it's like it's standing up. It looks like one of those you know in the scene where the um, in Jurassic Park they're running through the field and all those like ostrich like dinos are running past them. Oh it's yeah, like one of those except their front arms are just basically arms that end in huge talons. They look like Freddy Krueger blades. That's awesome. I'm 100% into that and will never stop being into that. Uh, Moving over to Murray. Murray. Hello, Murray. (laughs) It's nice to see you again. We've missed you. (laughs) This is a theropod-type creature living on the edge of Lake Murray in Papua New Guinea, and it has only recently been sighted. A newspaper ran the following. Quote, on December 11th, 1999, villagers traveling in a canoe reported seeing the creature wading in shallow water near Boboa. The following day, a Seventh-day Adventist pastor and a church elder say they saw the animal not far from the first sighting. The creature was described as having a body as long as a dump truck, <laughs> thighs like what, 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 all night long. <laughs> yeah. And then they requested to see the thing's it's thong the thong 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 a body as long as a dump truck and nearly two meters wide with a long neck and a long slender tail it was walking on two hind legs as thick as coconut palm tree trunks and had two smaller forelegs the head was similar in shape to a cow's head with large eyes and sharp teeth as long as fingers the skin was likened to that of a crocodile, and the creature had largish triangular scoops on the back. Huh. Yeah. After it was accused of eating some dogs, 
Six policemen with M16 assault rifles and some villagers carrying bush knives tried to find the monster, but came up empty-handed. When interviewed about it, witnesses apparently grew agitated when shown pictures of T-Rex and Ceratosaurus. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to look up. I want to get a a quick picture of a Ceratosaurus. Oh, those things are badass looking. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like a... Uh, a T-Rex with a horn on its nose, right? Right. Yeah, it's an improved T-Rex. I think they predated T-Rex, so T-Rex dropped the ball. <laughs> Got weak. Real weak. When it, it, The weird thing about it. <laughs> the <laughs> one weird thing. The weird thing about it is the triangular scoops on the back. You don't hear that in other no. accounts. Yeah, that, that's what stuck out to me, too. That's an odd thing to have. Yeah. Maybe for uh, air, air braking, or just yeah. maybe just to trick it out. You hear of the triangular plates that stick up. That's kind of what Stegosaurus has. They're not exactly triangular, but they're plates that stick up, but you don't hear of scoops in a, in a back. So, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I dig that. There's another one called a New, New Guinean Iguanodon, it, and it's there's just nothing on it. <laughs> I don't even know why they even... Why, why they have a fair fifth? Just nothing on it. That's it. Let's go to Southeast Asia, where we where we run across. <laughs> I knew you'd like this one. Lauren Coleman's favorite monster, the mass bait monster. <laughs> uh, I say that because that's what I tell him about every time I see him. Did you catch any of the mass bait monsters? And he just goes, "All right, moves on." <laughs> I've I've been known as a Maz baiter. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lauren. I just uh, you know you caught me in the morning. I don't even drink coffee, so so yeah. Uh, December nineteen ninety six. The remains of a forty foot long bovine aquatic creature were discovered by natives on Mass Bait Island. <laughs> Uh, after some speculation, it was sold to a local butcher for meat. The butcher described it as an eel-like creature with dark, possibly scaly flesh, a turtle and a turtle-like head, a seemingly mammalian blowhole, long tail, and four flippers. A photo was supposedly taken of its skull and vertebrae, but have since disappeared. Oh, no way. Local scientists did not think it was mammalian and probably an ancestral fish or badly decomposed whale. What's important is that somebody bought it for meat then. Yeah, somebody ate (gasps) it. Woof. Maybe it was the uh, mass bait fish monster. You should have just been cutting pieces off and using it to fish. Oh, that's that's a good angle to take. Uh, how about over in Cambodia with the Makara? Do you Makara. remember? <laughs> cha, cha, cha. Do you remember that little stegosaur carving we we mentioned in Angkor Wat? Of course I do. Oh, good. Well, this is it. Oh, we're back. Um, Makara in Hindu mythology, which is Sanskrit for sea dragon, is a half land, half sea creature, uh, which is what some speculated this to be. And I don't agree with that, but hey, I'm no archaeologist. Right? Dipshit on a microphone. Two dipshits and a microphone, thank you. <laughs> Where it's at. There's some fun Makara legends from Hindu mythology, but that's a different story altogether. Better statues of them are in other temples. There's actually like 3D carved statues of Makara that have gigantic mouths, and uh, they're, they're pretty fun. 
they're kind of like sea transportation for the gods. They would ride on them. That uh, that's if I was a god, I would ride around on a stegosaur, except for un- uncomfortable. Well, Plates. here's the here's the sticky part and the part that I don't agree with. They aren't stegosaurs in the in the mythology. They're like uh, gigantic dra- sea dragons. Lame. Yeah, so I don't know why the stegosaur is compared to the Makara and why vice versa, whatever. Uh, but there's a great fake photo of a wild-looking sea dragon that surfaced in 2013 in Vietnam. You I love find, fake photos. You can find that. It's uh, it's most definitely stupid. But um, the, the, the Makara is what the... <laughs> And then there's also a picture of this little stegosaur type creature that um, some artists have depicted of it just basically being like a gigantic chameleon in the forest. Yeah. Looking at at a tiny elephant like it's going to eat it up. Mom, get that elephant. Maybe it got it with its tongue. (laughs) That would be a strong tongue. (laughs) All right, Flora. Now let's, uh, let's turn our sights to distant Africa. For for what I consider to be, we'll we'll start off with what I consider to be the number one stunner. Oh yeah, in Africa. When you talk what, about what, what current potentially living dinosaurs, everybody is like, "Isn't there supposed to be one like in Africa?" Yes, <laughs> there is. Particularly yeah. in the Congo, or actually the Republic of the Congo, because there's two Congos. Uh, so yeah, while there are two Congos, the one we're talking about is the Republic of the Congo, as opposed to the Democratic Republic of the Congo. <laughs> you idiots, don't get them mixed up. It's embarrassing for you. And in particular, the Likuala Swamp, uh, which is going to come up time and time again when we're talking about Africa, because it is a an area which is approximately 55,000 square miles. And, uh, you know, I've seen a couple of different numbers, but in some reports, as much as 80% of it is unexplored. Yeah. So if you're going to find a place to hide a dinosaur, pretty good spot. That's what they say. Right? So we got Mokele Mbebe. Hey, 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 hey. This is a uh, supposed sauropod that's supposed to be living in Likuala Swamp region of the Republic of the Congo. Uh, now, granted, the swamp is bigger than the national border, so don't get into that. But uh, depending on who you ask, its name is translated as, quote, rainbow, quote, one that stops the flow of rivers or monstrous animal. You know, that's the thing with Congolese. It's um, it's a nuanced language. And so you're either rainbow or monstrous animal. It's real easy to get those mixed up. <laughs> Uh, local pygmy tribes say that it is the size of an elephant, has a very long reptilian neck, is hairless, and is reddish brown, brown or gray, with a tail five to ten feet long. Now, here's the kicker. Locals say that it leaves tracks of a three-clawed foot. It is supposedly vegetarian, but is violently territorial. Um, actually, I guess much like uh, a hippo, right? Yep, yep. Um, reports date back over 200 years with with perhaps the earliest being from a 1776 book history of Luongo Kakonga and other kingdoms in Africa by uh, a French missionary who was writing about the wrong place at the time because everything (laughs) that was cool was happening in the States in 1776. (laughs) Am I right? Sunglasses. Hawk scream. He claimed to have seen giant footprints stating, quote, he's uh, French, Flora. You want me to do the French? 
Yeah. Must have been monstrous. The marks of the claws were noted on the ground, and these formed a print about three feet in circumference. <laughs> ah. Most mentions throughout the years came uh, in the form of, uh, oh, there was something somebody saw that was like half a dragon, but also some rhino and also half elephant, half man, uh, half bear, and half pig. And I'm <laughs> super serial about this, guys. <laughs> A few even said that it was something akin to a brontosaurus, which, much like Pluto, we know doesn't exist anymore. Not a dinosaur. Did you know that, Flora? What? Pluto? Pluto's not a dinosaur? Yeah, there's there's actually no such thing as a brontosaurus. Uh, Just a dumb little side fact. There was this huge competition between two different paleontologists. Um, about who could put the skeleton together. The wrong skull was put on the thing. So for the rest of your life, whenever someone says brontosaurus, what they mean is apatosaurus. Dumb facts. Something akin to an apatosaurus. One skeptical but probably gullible source came from the German Captain Ludwig Frascher von Stein in 1913. That's a, that's a bingo spot. That yeah. counts as a German accent. Uh, he surveyed the reason uh, he surveyed the region and wrote about tales that, that his native guides told him saying, quote, that's you, that's you, that's you. Oh, that's you, man. I'm reading the other part. You, you got to do the German. You're, you're the German. The animal is said to be of brownish gray color with a smooth skin. Its size is approximately that of an elephant. With the elephant, see silver, at least that of the hippopotamus. It is said to have a long and very flexible neck, and only one tooth, but a very long one. Some say it's a horn, maybe. A few spoke about the long, muscular tail, like that of an alligator, or canoes coming near it are said to be doomed. Yeah, they are doomed. The animal is said to attack the vessels at once and to kill the crews, but without eating the bodies. Such a waste. The creature is said to live in caves that have been washed out by the river in the clay of its shores or at sharp bends. It is said to climb the shores even at daytime in search of food. Its diet is said to be entirely vegetable. This feature disagrees with the possible explanation as a myth, as the, the, preferred, the preferred plant was shown to me, and it's kind of a liana with large white blossoms on some milky sap like apple f- and apple-like fruits, but they are not apples, to be clear. At the Sambo River, which has too many asses, I was shown a path said to have been made by this animal in order to get at its food. The path was fresh and there were plants in the described nearby, of the described type nearby. But since there were too many tracks of elephants and hippos and other large animals, it was impossible to make out a particular spore with any amount of certainty. And by spore, I mean shison. <laughs> Ivan T. Sanderson claimed to witness the creature in 1932, saying it was wounded and the head was the size of a hippo. There's been an ex- there's been expedition after expedition to go find this thing, and none have really turned up any evidence of its of its existence, uh, if they even make it that far. Pretty interesting side note. It seems that a lot of Christian groups get funded to go looking for this thing. Oh yeah, because that's a yeah that that helps them with their timeline. I mean. Yeah. Uh, this kind of we'll, we'll get to it but like we'll, we'll get to it i'll just save it damn it <laughs> yeah so this is this is the one that everybody points to 
when when they want to say dinosaurs are still among us. I think it's the one that the movie Baby is based on. No, that's a talking pig, dude. Those are, those exist. Those are real. <laughs> um, do you did you ever see that movie? No. Babe, the talking pig? Baby. No. Baby, the the lost something or another. It was um it's like the 80s Tom Hanks-esque guy and his girlfriend are in, <laughs> in Africa and they they try to stop, you know, like 80s villain from um capturing these apatosaurs. Uh-huh. And uh, and there's a little bitty one that they have to like protect because it's one of the last surviving ones or whatever, and it's a, it, it seems like a movie that you be into. I, I mean, I just 80s. know the that'll I just know the that'll do pig part. That's good enough for me. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're you're just gonna keep doing that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's it, you you see see lots of pictures. These if if there's one thing these stories do, they inspire art. A lot of pictures of natives throwing spears at a big rampaging uh, Apatosaurus. Right? But uh, this one has, I think, probably the most reported accounts, like accounts that that were written down and and, uh, survived for the longest. And I think that's probably why it's considered the most likely, if there's something out there, this is it kind of thing, the Mokelian Bebe. Bebe. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a huge area. I, I think people look for it. I don't think it's there, but if there's a place it's going to be, that'd be it. Yeah. Got some more to get to, like the Nguma Monene, uh, which was sighted in 1961 and again in 1971 near the Dungumataba River in the Congo. It was described as being a large lizard with a serrated ridge on its back. And this looks like your classic Dimetrodon, which is... yeah. A pretty metal ass dinosaur, if you ask me. Yeah, it's one of those, one of the early ones. Uh, just a, a lizard had had sharp teeth, and then it had that big fin on its back. Just a big kind of fan, thin looking looking thing. Fin fin fan. Fin fan fadu. How about the Emela Ntuka of also of the Congo? This one, um, the name literally translates to "killer of elephants." Uh oh. Um, and this, I mean, I think you can kind of figure out where this goes, but, um, it is, it has a, it's a rhino like creature, but with a thick dinosaur like tail and a genuine horn, as opposed to like the, you know, rhino horn. That's just bound hair fibers on with snaps. (laughs) Yeah. This one's real. No, this is an actual like horn. And uh, it's it's said that it runs up and just stabs. It's just ganks elephants, just shanks them wah, 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 with its nose horn, oh. and and then that's how it hunts. Uh, oh. Also disembowels ele- elephants, and uh, a lot of the information from this it comes from people looking for Mokele Mbebe, um, and then they get stories of of this this goofy son of a bee, the Emela Ntuka. The, the most recent thing that I've found was from 1981. A guy named Roy Mackle went there searching for Mokele, but was surprised to hear reports of another mysterious animal called Melantuka. So they, you know, they, they kind of talked him through it and told him the whole story of it. Um, and that how it's, it's not the, they were like, listen, I know you think that we're talking about rhinos, but a rhinos don't fight elephants. B 
this is an actual horn that's either bone or ivory. Yeah. Um, and so uh, some people think that it is uh, a centrosaurus, but those are kind of um, triceratops-ish type dinosaurs. They have that frill that goes over the back uh, of their neck. And yeah. not all these guys were pretty adamant that there was no neck frill. So there you go. Imela Ntuka. Then you got the Mbulu Mbulu Mbulu, which is a How, stegosaurus. Uh, three of them. A stegosaurus-like creature in the same region as Mokele Mbebe, reported by local villagers at the villages of Bunila and Ibolo. It's a aquatic with green algae on the exposed part of its body when coming up to the surface of the water, and it spends its time underwater, but it is not a fish. It uh, apparently has legs, but even though no one has seen them. <laughs> <laughs> they they got to believe, dude. You got to believe. Don't stop believing. Ever. What else you got? Uh, how about the Kasai Rex, a uh, 12 to 13 meter, uh, meter long approximate tyrannosaur hmm. that was supposed to be in the Kasai Valley. Um, there's the story goes that in 1932, a guy, a plantation owner named John Johnson <laughs> and his slave, uh, they came up across a rhino uh, and were careful not to uh, piss it off or anything. And as they were making their way around this rhino, uh, this huge 13 meter long lizard in quotes leapt out of the trees and attacked the rhino. As it began to feed, the African servant fled in panic while John Johnson literally fainted, falling to the ground. When he woke, the, he found that the creature was still feeding, and he had the opportunity to carefully observe it. <laughs> uh, he also took some pictures, which you can find online. Um, the downside of the pictures is there are two pictures, one of which is obviously a Photoshop monitor lizard, uh, and the other is... Uh, a composite from a, a 1969 movie called the Valley of Guangi or Guanji. <laughs> the cool tagline of the movie is, and I'd, I would want them to remake this way more than anything else they've remade. Cowboys battle monsters in the lost world of the forbidden Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Right. Yes, please. So yeah. Kasyrex more like Cy bullshit. <laughs> Sick burn. Got him. Moving on to the Lao, I, I think, L-A-U. Lao. La- sure. I'll, t- I'll, I'll accept that. The large, carnivorous, tentacled dinosaur-like creature that is said to stalk the dense papyrus-filled swamps around central Sudan's Lake No. Oids. It's got oids. It is usually described as an immense elasmosaur-like creature. They fill us in on what an elasmosaur is while I keep describing which can grow from 12 to 100 feet in length. With a long tapering neck, yellowish brown pigmentation, and a body which didn't, which never quits, um, <laughs> has been compared to a donkey with flippers. Hmm. The Lao's most intriguing attribute would have to be a, the series of bristling tentacle-like appendages which allegedly protrude from the animal's muzzle and ate it in snaring its prey. Uh, an so, elasmosaur is indistinguishable from a plesiosaur. Oh, no. It's, yeah. Well, this one so, snuck in because it was a swamp what, creature that is basically Cthulhu. 
Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get some bug parts in everything you eat, and you're gonna get some <laughs> uh, uh, some lake or river monsters in our land creatures discussion. It's often associated with the Lukawada of Lake Victoria, which is connected to Lake No by East Africa's White Nile. The two animals are said to share numerous characteristics, including a taste for human flesh. To right. The creatures have also been reputed to emit a similar cry, which natives say is reminiscent of the thundering of elephants. Reported since the late 1800s, but nothing recently. And this is your this is your Cthulhu corner. Yeah. <sighs> How about the Mahamba? Ma 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 Mahamba. It is a giant crocodile. Pretty much that's all there is to this creature. <laughs> It's fucking 50 feet long, and it will eat a giant VW beetle. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just an enormous fucking crocodile. There are some depictions of it that I kind of like that instead of having, you know, kind of the lateral legs of an alligator or a crocodile, they're, they're more underneath it, so it walks a little bit more similar to a dog. Hmm. I like that version a little bit more, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what you got. Hmm. For the Mahumba. Mahumbug! If you don't believe in them. <laughs> I've got the Muhuru. Bless you. Uh, it's a huge, heavily armored creature from the jungles of Kenya with thick, bony plates on its back and a club-like tail. Resembles an ankylosaurus. I can't really find any accounts of it, though. It's it's starting to wind down. You know, like, yep. basically what we're getting into is like, in Africa, there's a thing that looks like an ankylosaurus. Oh, on the savanna, there's a thing that looks like a triceratops. Somebody said they yep. saw it. Let's let's exactly let, let's put the kibosh on it, Dave. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we're just we're just we're just running ourselves into the ground because we're not covering new territory here. So just know that other areas have other things, but they're just saw versions. <laughs> yeah, there is a there there is real quick uh, just because we haven't covered anything that we've seen like this yet. The Olichow, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Kongamato are two uh, pterodon style. They're like pterodactyl style things that people think are living in uh, Central Africa. They're, they're very similar. Again, one sounds very similar to the other. The account is the only thing that really, I think, separates the two. But huh. So there you go. That's it. That's it. Because like, I thought that was a little bit different, so I want to get it out. Well... In conclusion, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. In yeah. A dirty little bow. What we have is a shitload of shit. Shitloads of shit. There's absolutely no evidence on this stuff. Stories aren't evidence. Everybody knows that. We, we all know that. I mean, bring, bring some bones or indisputable video and, you know, then we'll, then we'll see what, we're, what we got here. But pictures aren't going to do it. Even videos. No. That's, that's why I try to say indisputable video, but like that's it's you know, we're past you, that how now. Do you know it's, anymore? It's awful, but we have as a society moved past that possibility. And and I I mean again you know like the the swamp in Africa like I that's a huge area. It's not very well understood, and so you know I I would love to see more research done in that area. I would like to see it done by actual researchers as opposed to people with a conclusion that are just looking to prove it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, you priori. know what? Do, do, do you think that we could talk chase into it? 
I I don't know, man. That, <laughs> I don't think I don't, I don't think she dangerous. wants to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that she, is. Yeah, that is not a fun place to go. She is. Uh, uh, <laughs> she is fearless, but yeah. like that's not the kind of stuff to be like. It it's not. It's the it's the kind of stuff where you you get picked up and carried off by a fucking mosquito. That's what you need to be <laughs> right? afraid of. So yeah, like, that's very true. Yeah, that but, shit. That's that's why but, nobody uh, knows anything about it. I would like I would like yeah it is it is a dangerous part of the world um and not only politically and militaristically but also just biologically there's yeah. a lot of things there that are that are vying for the right to be the thing that killed you <laughs> and uh so I, I I hold out hope that that maybe there's something in there that we're not aware of people still find megafauna all the time there are those uh weird uh Vietnamese vampire deer with the long teeth and people we just found those in the last 30 years that's deer those are big you know there there are there are good uh uh examples of things that we found in areas that we still don't go to i think the assumption is that we go everywhere but we don't we can't yeah there's um people will point to the coelacanth as prime example of yes there are dinosaurs you you dip it's like come on man Uh, a coelacanth does not a velociraptor make. No, it's that is a. I mean, I understand the the point they're trying to make uh, intellectually, and, and they are right. But the thing is, this also is that what people are unwilling to admit is that when they say, "Oh, are dinosaurs still alive?" What they mean is, is there a dinosaur that I'm not already familiar with still alive? Because we are neck deep in dinosaurs that are still alive alligators crocodiles uh komodo dragons monitor lizards mm-hmm. there are so many chickens uh that's, chickens thank that's, you that's chickens. the new the uh, moa birds uh ostrich like there are so many things that have made the journey but we're not impressed with those because we're familiar with them so that doesn't count F- you it totally counts <laughs> even with with that and even setting aside i guess <laughs> evolution the theory which <laughs> we'll man, set that aside man let's that put a pin in it really rustles some creationist jimmies yeah. oh my gosh they cannot stand that anyone would believe a theory yeah there's a law la- there's a laundry list of things they can't believe people well, wouldn't believe but uh for a few questions to think about why would a small group or even one creature survive 66 million years right how how do you how do you figure that? Why why do they not die out like the rest? How did they survive inbreeding? Yeah. How do they how do they eat enough to survive? That's the one big point, and I think we've even talked about that before. Like if if you are a thunder lizard, if you are a dinosaur, you need food and you need a lot of it. Yeah. And endlessly. Maybe, you know, if you're if you're a vegetarian then that helps probably, but still, like you're gonna you're gonna cut out a big swath uh, of of the plant life around there. I would I would have to think. Now, if you want to go a little deeper, you could even say uh, there's been some study done that points toward the lung mechanism of these dinosaurs and how today's current atmosphere does not have enough oxygen in it to support something that big. Yep. 
Yeah, so oxygen static. availability has always been a big determiner in, in animal size. Then you go on to think about why are there not more sightings through history of these types of creatures in places that have since been colonized? You know, yep. why are they just in these remote exotic locales now? You can't really make the argument of dragons either because a lot of people like to say, well, there's dragons in, in cultures and that means people lived next to, to dinosaurs. That's not really uh, true either. Like you, you can't just say a dragon lived next to man. There's no, there's better proof for dinosaurs existing than, than dragons as, as are portrayed in tales. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, and, and, and by that same rubric, then there should be evidence of flaming chariots. Evidence of griffins. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just so many weird ways that this can unpack and there's, especially on land, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. I think we'll, we'll have our own section when we get to aquatic critters in the, in this kind of same vein, but uh, 200 million years, hundred million years is a long time. One million years is a long time. Long ass time. And so you just, I mean, the things that survive, the things that are unchanged, the things that are, that are still here are still here and you're familiar with them. And so they're not as exciting. I would love to go to uh, a theme park where I got to see a shallow, warm, tepid pool and touch (laughs) trilobites. I guess I would grudgingly even go to the more sensationalized uh, festival of idiocy where you, you get to bet on two tyrannosaurs fighting in an arena. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> it was like a Chrononauts episode. Yeah, that absolutely is going to go into a Chrononauts episode. Wait, wait, didn't one of them already get in trouble for betting? No, that was a, that was a gladiator fight. <laughs> they brought a T-Rex into a gladiator at some point. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We'll have to. We'll have God, to see, that's how that. my subconscious works. All I ever want is dinosaurs to fight, and it <laughs> gets its yeah. way out. Well, you know, there's a there something that kept coming up when I was researching this. There's a sticking point that creationists especially like to bring up about this one particular spot that's just rich in fossils, and it's called the Hill Creek Formation in northeast Montana, and they just find tons of bones there. Recently, there have been articles saying that a paleontologist discovered a T-Rex bone with fresh tissue and a broken femur, which creationists have just latched onto as a beacon of truth amidst the conspiracy of lies that 99% of scientists are involved in. Many of them probably don't know that the woman involved in the research tried a new method of acid washing that caused the tissue in the bone to, to become soft again, which might lead some to theorize that, I, I don't know, maybe we don't know all there is to know about the preservation mechanism involved in fossils, but it leads others to the case-closed, 100% sure conclusion that everyone else is wrong, and surprise, God did it. Right. Nailed it. Moving on. Similar story with a guy named Armitage, who also found a dinosaur bone on his first try that proves creationism. That's a long story. It's it's too long to get into right now. But you know, if if anybody wants to meet up, have a beer sometime, I'll, I'll tell you all right. about it. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it there's it's just it's bad science when you go into something looking for a certain outcome. If you are searching for an outcome that you want, you are doing bad science. Yeah, every time. And that there is, that you you are not doing science. There is no such thing as a creationist scientist. 
that is a priori and it is yeah. it is wrong. These are nice tales. They're they're fun. They're fun stories. But I mean, they're they're probably there as a joke for locals. Yeah, people have been hoaxing each other forever, <laughs> and most of these stories are are hoaxes or just straight misidentification. Maybe somebody doesn't want to intentionally hoax someone else. Maybe they just saw a rhino but thought it had a ten foot tail and thought that it had rows of sharp teeth. You know, like yeah, exactly. I yes, a lot of folks for crypto fame reasons or religious reasons. They really, really want there to be a dinosaur living in a jungle somewhere. And it's just every all signs point to no, that's not the case. We hear stories, we have no evidence. That's all there is to it right now. Yeah. And I'm like you. I'd love for there to be something out there. Yeah, I would love to find that. And and that's the thing. Just like any of this stuff we talk just about. Just honestly, like the coelacanth. Yes, you can find things that you didn't think were around anymore. And I would love to see that. And I don't. I think that would be really exciting. So yeah, but that doesn't mean that uh, uh, mankind lived with dinosaurs or that the earth is 6,000 years old or that we have everything wrong. Right. It just means maybe we don't know how to look for stuff. Maybe we don't know how fossils are fossilized. You know, we have a lot of answers. Maybe we don't have them all. Yeah. Crazy that, huh? Crazy. Well, that'll do that. For living yeah. dinosaurs in a fossilized <laughs> but spongy tissued nutshell, <laughs> buried in a in a swamp. Yeah, the only thing we need to bury deeper and make it more inaccessible is uh, the legendary creature that that haunts the swamps of Central Africa: the pun beast. <laughs> it eats elephants. The mpun, mpun, mpun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, did you know that in Canada there was a, uh, a GameStop that was run by a particularly notorious employee? <laughs> and if you, if, you, if you went out there, you, just, you had to know what you were doing. You had to be very careful handling the merchandise or he would flip out. And God help you. If, if he ever caught you blowing in to an old NES game you would meet the wrath of the cartridge freak beast. <laughs> cartridge freak. <laughs> <laughs> He'd scramble up a ravine slope to get at you. Yeah. You know what the most terrifying part is? He wasn't sorry. <laughs> Never. Uh, that's great. Well, down in Chile, if you're out driving in the desert with your family and you just hear the string of curses floating through the air, you know, you got the top down, you're just enjoying a nice sunny day, and all of a sudden you just, you hear like, shit, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I love this already. You, you look over and there's this six foot creature that's like running, keeping up with the car, like 60 miles an hour, and it's got all these teeth, but it's just cussing and cussing <laughs> you better you better put the the pedal to the metal and get away from the swearica monster <laughs> i like that a lot or swearica uh, you know either yeah, way however either way it so there was an explorer that went to africa um and he was trying to find um a, a large legendary perhaps even dinosaur uh, that was living in the Likuala swamp region of the Republic of Congo. Mm-hmm. 
and he was out there with his with his team for just weeks just trudging through the swamp people getting malaria people getting exhaustion and and finally you know even he succumbed and he just he just slept he just set a, he couldn't even set up his tent and slept he doesn't even know how long could have been days <laughs> when he woke up he was surrounded by giant footprints of some unknown creature and next to him was a photograph a polaroid taken of him sleeping <laughs> and on the back it said mokele and bebe caught you slipping still love you though <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Still love you though. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny cuz the same region there um there was a there was a creature, legend tells of it anyway. Uh, uh-huh. and this was it was one of those everybody thought it was going to be a destiny's uh, creature like uh, <laughs> meant for big things and and uh this guy actually the guy you're talking about in, in yours, um, he actually fell asleep listening to sounds of this creature on his headphones, in particular sounds of, of this creature uh, making lemonade. It was the Mokele Mbebeyonce. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> them, them Shake my ter- damn head. Terrible Shake my damn head. Again. That's awesome. Man, well, you know what? The, one good pun deserves another. And another, and another, and another, and another, and another. <laughs> it's time to round out the punny road. We stopped halfway through the last punny road. Now it's time to end this. That's right. From Captain Jackass. Your episode on the Dover Demon reminded me of a creature I know of from Dover, New Hampshire. Actually, actually, a real place, just no accents at all. It was seen by multiple teens in the 80s. They all described it as being a tall, exceptionally muscled blonde dude with little clothing who always carried a sword and said he had the power all the time. You can probably smell this by now. They called him the Dover He-Man. <laughs> he does have the power. There's also a weird refuse receptacle in the woods. People apparently pushed it there because every time someone tried to throw something in it, it would light up with weird smoke and smells and screech at them while oil spilled from it. It was the Flatwoods Dumpster. (laughs) Also a new kind of Sasquatch out there now. It's said to be very ugly, and people say it kind of looks like it has a butt on its face. So to be fair, we named it the Asquatch. Ah, How did we not use that one? Maybe we did. New crypto creature that will seriously terrify you. It's said to be small, likes to trick people and lead them astray, and that whenever anyone makes a pun... It will appear behind them to pull up their underwear on them. It's called a pun wedgie. (laughs) And useless superpower. It involves being able to see the future, but only when it involves awkward situations, usually with the opposite gender. But your attempts to avoid these awkward situations only end up making it far worse. I call it (laughs) precogwardness. It's precogward. (laughs) He also wants to know what martial arts one of us is involved in. Flora, which one is that for you? Caltrate. <laughs> I'm a master at Caltrate. <laughs> Caltrate. I I uh, used to be a Shaolin Kung Fu practitioner. <laughs> and occasional instructor even. Who's who's to say? That was not in Antarctica, although I did teach Tai Chi there, but guys I've been in Antarctica. I used to live in Antarctica. Antarctica. Thank you, Captain Jackass. 
Laura's been to New Zealand. Got one here from Jim. Just Jim. It doesn't need more than that. They say Lilith is very into women's rights. In fact, you could say she's Mammon. <laughs> in Greek mythology, when the gods were displeased, they would often gather in large groups of half-naked men. They would often gather large groups of half-naked men and force them to fight monsters in an arena for the gods' pleasure, much as I would do. Uh, this, generously, this generally took place in the warmer months, and it was called the Summer Slamia. <laughs> Uh, there is a type of music. Uh, there's a type of musical demon whose orchestrations are feared by all other demons. High school bands were actually created by concerned parents and teachers as a way of using this demon's work to protect children. His name is John Phillips Pazuza. <laughs> nice. Uh, one of the demons on your list is actually greatly despised, not just by the religious, but also animal rights activists. In fact, your average occultist doesn't dare summon him anymore, because as soon as he is brought to our plane of existence, members of PETA appear and throw red paint on him. It's all part of the fur fur is murder campaign. <laughs> These are quality puns. Nice. Now we got one from Jim Conceivable. Jim These are Conceivable. two totally separate James's. Uh, Jim's got some uh, not so superpowers. Uh, how about only potatants? Godlike control over a potato. <laughs> uh, sinus encephalopodus, the ability to sneeze live squid at random. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, King Arthuremia. <laughs> Being near King Arthur causes an irregular heartbeat. I've got that <laughs> if I was ever near him because I, I, I gotta find King Arthur. We gotta, we gotta have more gotta find King Arthur, because I am, I am consistently surprised at how often people mention that guy. That's <laughs> true. Gizzard, second stomach that birds have, but you should probably see a doctor. <laughs> you, you just have a gizzard. That's a. <laughs> That's not a superpower. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Jim Conceivable writes. I'll start doing puns as soon as I can find King Arthur. Thanks, Jim. Oh, my God. <laughs> From Lancer. Hi, Lancer. A mundane superpower, the ability to remove water rings from tables by running one's finger over the ring. That's a pretty... I think everyone tries that. If anyone had that, they'd know it, because that's the first thing you do. I mean, not so superpower, but it's useful. I don't know. What if it's a really nice table? Yeah. <laughs> From Masked Llama. It is said there's a surefire way to know if your fortune teller is legitimate or fraud. Bring them a copy of a Theodore Geisel children's book to read out loud. If they can read The Cat in the Hat without error, they're probably good. But if they can read Fox and Socks without making mistake, you know they're an exceptionally good soothsayer. Oh! oh. Got one from Pentagram Sam. The devil's right-hand man? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when your fervoring friend starts whacking kids with the birch, he's probably just hungry. You should offer him a bell snickers. As you may know, it's hard to keep the ashes in your whomping bag. They're going to come out through the top of the seam, so every now and then you'll have to add a little more to keep it nice and full. After every dozen children, Connect Rupert recommends opening up a fresh can of whoop ash. <laughs> Jay-Z was recently inspired by Scandinavian folklore to rewrite one of his songs for the holidays. The new lyrics are, If you're having gorilla problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 13 problems and a Yulad ain't one. <laughs> nice. Oh, he's like... Rob from Toronto says... Not, but not that Rob. But he died. Rob. Did you hear about Every how time. down Every south... Every time. 
Criminals are making pilgrimages to haunted public green spaces seeking aid. They seek the Parker Haints. <laughs> Beware the tall, slim figure. Bye, 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 Stecco. Who captures people, <laughs> then force feeds them until their bodies are irrevocably changed. He's the Distender Man. Sponsored by McDonald's. Did you hear that one of the Muppets has gone bad? What? Leaving Sesame Street for the forests of Massachusetts. It's the Grover Demon. Near? Far. <laughs> Uh, Microsoft developed a new Christmas peripheral designed to watch children to make sure that they're not naughty. It was unfortunately discontinued when they received complaints that it would beat gamers who failed the prayer minigame. It was Connect Rupert. <laughs> Have you heard of the long-lost bro- brother of Bell Snickle? He finds naughty children, beats them flat, then fries them in a breaded crust. It's Bell Schnitzel. Ooh, those are delicious. It's a little-known fact that the events of The Sound of Music were not as family-friendly in real life. There was another brother who, due to his unholy cravings, had to be cut from the musical. Thus, no one ever hears of Hans von Trapp. (laughs) Thank you, Rob. (laughs) Rob writes, hope you're having a lovely summer. We're way more caught up than that. It's just now spring. (laughs) Got uh, got one from Scott B. Uh Oh. Just finished your black hole show. Very good indeed. It reminded me of a local phenomenon here in Massachusetts. The farther you are from a certain point, the less Massachusetts-like you are. So the closer you get to the capital, the more Massachusetts-like you are. Your accent is thicker. Stoplights become a suggestion. You wear red socks, uh, red socks hats to funerals, etc. But there's one magical spot somewhere between Boston, probably in the center of Dorchester, where people are so Massachusetts-like, they are known as having infinite mass. Say hi to your mother for me, Scott B. <laughs> From Skag. Some superpowers in a pun. You have the ability to manipulate earth and stone, but only to make dirt forts for green army men. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. awesome. You have pyrokinesis, but only when you're wearing a parka in Death Valley in July. Oh. And and making a flame of a Bic lighter when you're drowning. <laughs> you can read the minds of all those around you but only when they catch you picking your nose or after a very public fart. (laughs) You can only hear the negative thoughts. Oh, Jesus. You can retain muscle memory of any action you see someone do, as long as it's on a late-night infomercial with white people acting too stupid to crack eggs, pour a glass of juice, and take a drink while holding a remote and a bowl of popcorn. Also, the shake weight. (laughs) You can communicate with cows but only when mounted by a bull. Oh, I don't, that's the, it just, it's a, all you say is, God, please stop. Please stop. No. <laughs> you can turn lights on and off in any room with a clap of your hands for the low, low cost of nineteen ninety five per room. And a pun. On the eastern edge of Georgia, somewhere along the Savannah River, there's a cave kept secret. It's full of mystical gems that locals say have the ability to allow you to exercise spirits from the possessed. They call it the Georgia Ninegeist Stones. Ninegeist! Thanks. Thank you. Got one from Toby. Slash the Whispering Pillows. <laughs> mm. I'm a Canadian and an Edmontonian myself, and I can say to you, deep in the wintry depths of the Bay Area, there's a creature that tears out the guts of poor souls by causing terrible bowel movements, then turning the person into a zombie. This creature is known here as Wendy's To Go. <laughs> Thanks, Whispering Pillows. (laughs) From Vile Kyle. Oh, God. 
The latest buzz coming from the science world is a new type of galactic phenomenon. Scientists have been receiving strange transmissions coming from our satellites. Whenever they pass by these strange fiery spots in space, a radio transmission of spring sounds is heard, followed by a sudden slap to the satellite, followed by an endless insane laughter. Scientists have since dubbed them Spring-Hilled Jackholes. <laughs> Bunch of jackholes. Uh, and closing out this punny road, got one from the She-Wolf. Oh, wow. She-Wolf has an annual Thanksgiving informal pun contest. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so she's a pro. Here, here's, just a, here's just a quick taste of her rapier quick pun jab. It's always crowded as hell on the succubus. <laughs> I feel like it sucks the life out of me. Thanks, She-Wolf, and thank all of you for your diligent pun work. I know the rest of the world doesn't understand us, but they don't need to. We take care of each other. We're all we need in our pun community. That ends the punny road. Oh, and so also ends this glorious episode of Blurry Photos. Uh, the fastest rundown I can do sounds like this. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook. We have crossed the 17th Hildo and now march. Secure in our knowledge with truth as our banner and swear words our sword to the 18th Hildo. Uh, I've already blown it. I'm not doing the fastest version I can. Uh, follow us uh, at blurry underscore photos on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get on board the regular insanity that we're into, uh, check us out on uh, Patreon. It's patreon.com slash blurry photos. We've got a bunch of different levels you can support the podcast at and reap whatever reward your little heart desires. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, we just did a really great three-hour live drink-a-thon that completely destroyed me. Um, we uh, we've, We should not have, but we did fire crossbows while drinking. That was a... I mean, that's just the sort of questionable judgment that you'd want to tune in and see. Uh, we do a live cast every month. Um, they are not all drunk, just to be clear, but uh, we'd love for you to join us on those. Uh, also, uh, check out audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get yourself a free book. We get a high five. Everybody wins. Cancel whenever you want, even immediately. It's true. What do you think? What do you think, Flora? Did I, did I get everything? You did great. Don't forget. Uh, as we mentioned at the top, go check out these gorgeous watches at obaku.com, O-B-A-K-U.com. Use our promo code BLURRYS6 to get 30% off of one of these watches. And go to Etsy, uh, check out Paranormal Knits, that's P-A-R-A-K-N-O-R-M-A-L uh, Knits, and check out these badass hats. I'm going to go fight my beloved for one right now. That's right. Bullstone coming up next, in which we'll have our very first bull phone guest. Oh, and it's I, honestly, we could not have possibly kicked it off any better, stronger, or cooler. Yeah. Yeah. It's Fun an times. awesome first bull phone. So, for this episode of Blurry Photos, happy spring, suckers. I have been the David Florerica monster. <laughs> and I've been Mokele Mdeve Stecco. <laughs> All the single dinos. All the single dinos. All the single dinos. All the single dinos. Now put your claws up. Up. If you like it, then you better put a ring on. Bye. Bye.